Hi, we're Ellen and Lauren. We are sisters, wives, mothers, veterans, and all-around DIYers, living our best lives. Our families each have three kids between 4 and 18 years old. On this podcast, we hope to help you learn, do what you can where you are, and try not to sweat the rest. If you want to learn more about what we're discussing today, check out our show notes at wifestylehustle.com. You're listening to Wifestyle Hustle. We all have amazing breakthroughs in our everyday lives. They come and we adapt and use them and maybe mention them to one or two people. Today, we're going to talk about a few of our favorites. So, Go ahead, Lauren. Number one. <laughs> so, we've <laughs> talked several times about not wanting to waste things. So, we try and use whatever scraps we have from all the things that we do. And if we can't figure out something, then we just dump it on the compost pile. <laughs> well, a couple of years ago, I want to say four years ago, I was making beets and I, I just boiled them. Like I cut them into slices and boiled them. And then I yeah, no, it was just boiled. So it was beets in water. Oh yeah, now I remember. Sorry, people. I was, <laughs> I was like, why would I just boil them? That sounds revolting. But um, <laughs> it was for baby food. I was making baby food. So I, um, I boiled them until they were done, and then I took them out and I looked at the water, and it was purple. You know, because beets are very purple. So I boiled it and boiled and boiled it until it was almost it was it wasn't a paste but it was thicker than water and like it was syrup yeah, a little thinner than syrup too mm -hmm. and it was beautiful just this beautiful beautiful fuchsia color that um i I thought, well, I could use this as a dye for something, you know, what, what's going to come up in my life that I can use beet juice dye for. And I thought about trying to use it in tie dye, which is still not completely off my radar. I think it would stain well enough to do a tie dye. But what I used it for was actually dyeing cake. Uh, I dyed a cake with it one time. So the batter for a cake and it came out this like cutesy light pink color that stayed even through the baking. And I also used it in frosting for years, for like three or four years, ever since I made baby food. It was forever ago that I made baby food. And it it always came out to be this beautiful it was it was like a purpley pink color and i remember the first time that i used it i was like this frosting is gonna taste like beets and it's gonna be awful you know so i just did a little part of it and it didn't it didn't taste like anything but sugar like no <laughs> off or strange flavor to it at all it just dyed the frosting and you know it was an all-natural um dye and i just stored it in the freezer 
Did I mention that already? Yeah, you make sure we were going to come back around to that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I would take it out and just like use a spoon to scrape out some of it and then put it back in the freezer. And then I used it to dye things. And I, I used up the last of it and I got more courageous with it. And I used more of it uh, as time went on. Like at first I just put in a teeny tiny bit because I didn't want to have beet flavored frosting. <laughs> but um, yeah, I used more and more of it and now it's gone. And of course I would never, I, I don't think I'll ever need to boil beets again. So <laughs> I guess I won't be doing that anymore. <laughs> Number two. Uh, I use apple and peach scraps separately to make jelly. So I make uh, applesauce in in the fall, usually, or uh, canned apples or canned peaches or peach jam, stuff like, you know, peach and apple jam. And uh, then I have all these scraps sitting around and I, I hate waste, uh, much like my sister. I think it's in our blood. Um <laughs> And so I, I was looking at them one year last, last year, I think it was, was the first time I tried it and trying to think of something I could do with it. So I looked up a few recipes online and the internet says you can make jelly out of these. So I did. And, um, it came out good. It, it, it was yummy. Um, it came out just a tad thinner and I don't use pectin. Um, it's just, I don't know, a, a personal thing for me. I just don't use pectin. Uh, so it did come out a little bit thinner than traditional jelly would have come out, but it was delicious. It's really good on um, like oatmeal. And I, I guess I should make my talk about my process just a little bit. I took my, um, let's say, apple scraps and I put them in a big pan with a lot of water and I boiled that for uh, probably an hour. And then I... Uh, took those out, took out the, the scraps and I, I gave, I ended up giving those to the chicken. I, I figured they'd given me their all. So I gave them to the chickens. And then, um, I took what was left and made, um, and boiled that down, uh, some more and then added the amount of sugar that I needed. Um, and, I uh, then, um, boiled that down and used a candy thermometer and came up to the appropriate temp temperature and canned it, canned, canned, canned it. <laughs> uh, and um, then uh, let it sit for a while. I think jam is a little bit better if it, jam and jelly are a little bit better if they sit for a little bit. Uh, so I, I let them sit. Um, and then uh, we opened it up and like I said, it did come out a, a little thinner than I like, but it really was yummy. Um, and the, I, for our listeners who may not know, the difference between jams and jellies, uh, jam has actual pieces of fruit in it. Uh, so it, it, if you buy a, a jam at the store and it has, or buy a canned fruit product at the store, it has fruit fruit pieces in it that's going to be jam and then jellies are usually if you do it right jellies are clear 
and they don't have any fruit in them. So there's the difference. So uh, last year I made apple scrap and peach scrap jelly, and it was yummy. Uh, number three. Portioning for the freezer. <laughs> Are so, you going to expand on that? <laughs> no. Okay, so there's this covers a lot of stuff. Um, the big one for me is when my babies were little and before they ate so much, I used to buy the family packs of meat at the store and I would separate them by like so if i bought a family pack of chicken breasts i would wrap each one in plastic wrap and put it in a ziploc bag so that i could take one or two out when i needed it and then they wouldn't all be stuck together and frozen together um and that that comes in really handy when you're making less food for less people now i actually just cook the whole thing and make another meal out of it <laughs> because yeah that's what i need Growing children. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I did is when my oldest was a baby, I made all of her food for like when she started eating regular food from, you know, drinking milk all the time, you know, when she switched to food, I ground up everything i i was like a <laughs> grinding up food fool in, the, in those <laughs> days it's almost embarrassing i would grind up a little chunk of spinach and i put it in everything like every meal she had had a little chunk of spinach in it it was like a teaspoonful and i would make trays of this frozen food with each portion so i would grind up like a whole chicken breast and then portion it into teaspoons and add one of them mm. to everything that she <laughs> ate so if you like to make your own baby food and there's still people like this i know um that's a really great way to do it just take a cookie sheet and portion each little scoop of food on there and freeze it and then when you're like uh, starting your day in the morning, I just portioned out all three meals for the day into a little cup and it thawed out and then she ate it and everyone was happy. She ate it. Okay. So she liked it. Just saying. Um, yeah, I did that with all three of the kids, but by the time that my youngest came around, I was too lazy to really do it as much. So I just started cutting up whatever food we were eating in really small pieces, and <laughs> that's how she did her life. But <laughs> to the older kids, you know, I made them homemade baby food, and I froze it <laughs> like that so that I wouldn't have to make something new every day. And I did something very similar and progressed through my children in a very similar <laughs> way, actually. Uh, the oldest got his meals made. And I, it, the convenient thing about that, of course, is that you don't have to make it every day. You portion out uh, a week's worth of food and you cook for two hours and they can eat for a week on what you made. 
And yep. so that, that is actually a real time saver. Um, and so my oldest got that. My middle one got that for a, a little while. But by the end, she also was just eating whatever we were eating. And then my youngest, I just ground up whatever we were having for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Within reason. I mean, I mean, if we were having spicy fajitas or something like that, <laughs> I, I didn't do that. But, you know, within reason, she ate pretty much from the beginning what we were eating. And, you know, that's just the way it was. And she didn't mind a bit. So, nope. I, <laughs> I never out. had any choking or, you know, anything like that. And they just figured it out. And I don't know. I think that that's kind of a common practice with uh, new age parenting these days is not to make baby food as much anymore. But I still did find that to be a really handy thing, especially when she was when they first were learning how to eat mm -hmm. um, instead of drinking milk. Um, it was nice to have that. Yep, definitely. Number four. Go ahead. So this one's pretty simple, and I've done it for, well, since my kids were babies. I, I hide other vegetables in tomato sauce. So I will make a big thing of tomato sauce, and I'll also put a whole package of spinach in it or as much greens or whatever I, as I can get out of the garden. And I don't know if our audience has ever cooked greens before, but they disappear when you like start to cook them down. So I just, I would put a ton of greens into my tomato sauce and they, I mean, it doesn't really change the flavor that much. Like it still just tastes like tomato sauce, maybe slightly different, but the kids never noticed it. So it's a really good way to get them to eat greens of any <laughs> kind. But I also put zucchini in there. <laughs> put anything I can squeeze in there <laughs> that I thought was going to be helpsome. <laughs> I mean, and it was homemade tomato sauce, so it was all good. Right, right. And another good place to hide your vegetables is bread. Um, as we have probably mentioned, uh, during the winter, at least Lauren and I make most of our own bread. And so I'll take my zucchini boats. These would be the zucchinis <laughs> that grew to the size of, you know, Michael Jordan's shoes. Um, while, you know, when, uh, out in the garden in the summertime and I will grate them up and, uh, stick them in cup size freezer bags and then throw them in the freezer and then round about you know october november when you're really looking for some fresh food again uh pull one of those out and it, it's pre-portioned you throw it right in your bread and it disappears you, you can't even tell mm -hmm. it's in there uh and the same thing with like a winter squash i, I do the same thing i'll i'll bake those and then put them in little cup size portions into the freezer and then when I'm making bread in the wintertime, I'll just throw one of those in there. And it's an easy way to hide uh, nutrition in other <laughs> foods. Uh, you could do it with carrots. I've done it with carrots. Um, so let me ask you mm -hmm. this. 
Yes, ma'am. When you put your zucchini or your squash into the freezer and you take it out, you know, there's always a ton of liquid. Do Mm -hmm. you keep the liquid or do you squeeze it out? No, I throw it all right in there. Really? Yep. I I don't know. It's zucchini liquid. I know. It's probably got some nutrition in there. What do you do? I, I've only done that a couple of times. I've never put it in my yeast bread. I've only used it in, well, I've also put it in soup mm-hmm. a couple yep, of times. Soup is an awesome place to hide vegetables. It is. I mean, <laughs> they're not really as hidden there. My kids will definitely pick it up, pick at it, you know, in uh-huh. soup in a way that they never do in tomato sauce. You can hide anything in there. It's very <laughs> dense. It's true. You're right. But, um, yeah, I've put it in soup and I've used it to make, uh, uh, like sweet bread. So when, when Ellen says that she uses it to make bread, this is like yeast bread, like sandwich savory, bread. Savory. Yeah. Savory right. breads. So, um, I've put it in, what's it called? Sweet bread, sweet breads. Quick bread. That's what you call it. Right. Yeah. I've put zucchini in sweet bread and I did not, um, I did not add the liquid. I I squeezed it all out because and sweet bread, I feel like that would be some unwanted liquid. The measurements Mm -hmm. are more precise than that. Yep. I agree. Um, But yeah, and I, I guess I have used it in sweet breads, but not in quite a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, I can't really speak to that. You sound like, you know, more than I do about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it makes sense. In yeast bread, you can always just throw in a touch more flour and, you know, even out that mm-hmm. extra liquid. Right, right. All right. And the number five of our, <laughs> you know, amazing kitchen adventures. <laughs> number five, Ellen. <laughs> I'm going, okay, so. <laughs> I. Making large meals, which we, we've we talked about, or we will talk about this in other episodes, but um, as one of our time savers, but this one is so good, we felt like we needed to share it here too. But And it is making large meals and freezing it for when you come home from a road trip or you're having a busy night. So for me, it's, I will make a double pan of, say, ziti. And bake half of it and stick the other half already in the container that it's going to get baked in into the freezer. And then all I have to do is yank that out of the freezer. Um, If my road trip isn't super long, so if I'm only going to be gone three or four days, I'll pull it out of the freezer before we leave. Mm -hmm. And then put it in the back of the refrigerator where it's going to stay real cold and um, thaw, you know, slowly. If your road trip is two weeks, that doesn't work so well. But just get Chinese food when you get home. You know, just yeah, or pizza. <laughs> admit These things are admit great defeat. things. <laughs> That's true. Um, so that is my ours. Our number five is just making large meals and saving it for a night when you can't or don't want to cook. And this method also works really well for camping food. Um, maybe not ziti. I, I don't know how you would cook a ziti camping. I mean, I guess <laughs> one meal at a time. <laughs> We're tent campers, so we, we can't cook ziti <laughs> while camping. But uh, what I like to do is I'll take 
um, uh, I'll marinate a bunch of chicken breasts and we'll eat the first batch of it tonight for dinner and then I'll freeze the rest and uh, right before we go camping I'll, I'll pull out the frozen throw it in the cooler it thaws and marinates in the cooler you eat it the second night you camp and um, it's absolutely delicious it's great uh, because it also keeps your cooler cool for your other yes. stuff it's like having yep. some extra ice in there definitely and if you want more camping uh tips and tricks uh lauren and i are both pretty experienced campers and uh in a, a week or two uh we will be doing a camping episode so stay tuned for that and we'll we'll give you all of our camp we we have to go camping first before I can give any tips and tricks because we haven't been camping yet this year. So we have to get camping so that we can say, you know, ha have some tips and tricks to give. Right. Um, or just remember so, some of our tips and tricks. Right. Right. All right. That's all we have for today. But we have a lot of these kinds of things um for gardening and maybe other kitchen stuff and some house tricks and some kid tricks coming up for you in the future so we will be revisiting this topic Thanks for listening today. This has been the Wifestyle Hustle Podcast. That's W-I-F-E style. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter so that you never miss an episode. Consider liking and reviewing our podcast wherever you listen and share with a friend. It really helps us out. Look for our newest episode every Monday and Wednesday. We'll see you next time.